Mike Drops in Carcassonne. It's another hot one. It's pretty windy. The wind's coming from the same direction. It's becoming in for seemingly as long as anyone can remember. Another brand bright blue skies. I'd ridden to the finish on my folding bike. The other two guys had got a lift and only got out of bed at 11 o'clock on some false premise. Anyway, then the race got underway. The flag dropped. Stuff happened. Big bunch got away. Wow, Van Aert, big surprise. And the other fella, Nathan Van Hoydonk, plus a bunch of other people. And then... Uh, not much happened until a wonderful moment at the finish line when Hugo Uhl, who has never won a professional bike race before, crossed the line on his own with, what, 45 seconds in the end? Or something like that of an advantage? Yeah. More, I think. More. Yeah. 50 seconds, pointed yeah. to the sky in memory of yeah. his uh, dead yeah. and dearly de departed brother. Tragic story. Really tragic story that yeah. I have known about for quite a long time. It happened in 2012, and Ugo Uhl has been a professional for as long as that. Uh, first, his younger brother by three years. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not aware of the story. Oh, you're not. To be honest, mm. that, no. Well, I don't uh, know, I don't know I the details, but he was his brother. Patrick I know I know a bit about it. Cause I read up on it after stage. Um, it was so him and his brother. They come from quite a small village in Quebec. They didn't have much to do in summer, so they'd watch the Tour de France together. That was their kind of morning routine, the two of them. They got into triathlon kind of a bit when they were younger, and then yeah. uh, they kind of diverted, as brothers sometimes do, into different things. Hugo kept doing the cycling. His brother started doing football and different other sports. But uh, by 2012, Hugo was on the trajectory of kind of stopping his studies and wanting to become a serious professional cyclist. I think his brother was studying, was thinking about becoming a policeman, which is what Hugo had wanted to do. That's exactly right. And... Um, it was just before Christmas, and Hugo's younger brother, Patrick, Pierrick is his nickname, right? yep. uh, went out for a run and didn't come back. And Hugo went out looking for him and found him uh, after the aftermath of a hit and run. Yeah, I understand he found, he found his dead brother in a ditch. Mm. And the, the, the person who committed the crime, because that's what it was, had driven off. Mm. So, kind of unimaginable family tragedy that he's lived with, born throughout his racing career and promised himself and his, and his brother um, that when and if the moment came that he rode to victory, he would dedicate the victory to his brother. Uh, but to do it, <coughs> not only on the stage that he did it, but in the manner with which he did it, oh. is, uh, exceeded any Huge. anybody's expectation. He's you know, <coughs> not a, a classic climber's build, is he? I, he looks. Up, that I mean, last climb they went up today. He, he looks. He's, I mean, he's not a stylist it. on the bike. That's for sure. He's kind of. He's really sort of always been out. Muscular. Yeah. Kind of. He looks like your classic, wonderful domestique who mm -hmm. just gets the job done. Um, but today, he was on. Just had wings. It was remarkable. It was very cool. And I. I actually thought. I. I mean, we questioned this in commentary, Ned. I wondered whether him and so were 29, 29 riders in that group and yeah. a good group. I mean, former stage winners, etc. Big names, Wout, obviously. Um, but when he went, I kind of questioned afterwards. Did he go and speak to Mike Woods, who was his teammate, uh, another Canadian? And maybe Mike Woods said, "Look, I'm feeling terrible. You go." And but actually, then in the post-race interview, Hugo. He, no, no, Hugo, 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 Hugo. Hugo. Oh, you won what? the podcast. <laughs> Hugo. <laughs> I, I, know, I know that's my name, but... but, but, but what? Maybe just misunderstood. No, no, Hugo. Hugo. And he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. Okay, I've got it. And Mike's like, oh no, I didn't. No, Hugo. Hugo! <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, he's shouting more. Come back. He's telling back. me to go. 
Uh, yeah, very good. Because did think that maybe he was kind of that. That happened the discussion, but in the post-race interview, he did say that that was the plan for him to go in the classic. Well, I'm not the climber. I'll go and give you a break behind. Yeah. And what did it look like? My God, it was insane how good he was. Yeah, and just the race just fell apart behind in that breakaway, and no one could, could keep up or even get close to him. Yeah, yeah. And Mike Woods did a great race, and mm. and we would then also discussing whether there'd ever been two Canadians in a Tour de France breakaway. Well, have we been corrected? Well. No, I mean, there were three, there were three, I think I'm right what in saying there, the like uh, there are three Canadians in, um, in this Tour de France, right? There's Antoine yeah. Duchesne mm-hmm. uh, from Groupama FTJ, who's the, the, the sommelier, the very sort of like educated and urbane uh, teammate of David Godieu and Thibaut Pinot. There is Mike Woods, and there is, uh, but, but David, when Ryder was winning, mm. oh, there was Sven Tuft, of course, wasn't there? Swain, Swain, so maybe the oh no, that would have happened, surely. Yeah, and Christian Meyer, Christian Meyer, oh, Swain yeah. Tuft. In fact, they might have. So had, it's they might definitely have all been. happened. Probably one other that we're not thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so but I mean, been, were yeah. they ever in a breakaway together? Together, don't yeah. know. Don't know. Sort of Pro cycling stats too. can't give us that. Yeah, no. Yeah. Either way, yeah, good day for Canada. Good day for great day for Canada. What do we know about what collectively do we know about Canada, guys? And what do we feel about Canada? It's the second largest country, second largest country in the world behind Russia. Whoa, I did not know that. Did not know that. Yeah, in landmass. Bigger than China. Uh, yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I'll go it with it. I've done the um, Quebec and Montreal races. Did you win them? Uh, well, I was. Very, very, like, so close to winning the Quebec race. Right. I did the whole last lap off the front on my own and got caught with, like, 500 metres to go. Oh. And Michael Matthews won, I think. There you go. He's good at winning. Out the the corner, out that kind of switchback corner. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I was close. Quite quite a uh, hard race, I I really liked it, actually. I felt like I was on a movie set the whole time I was there. Well, because skyscrapers and stuff. No, in Quebec. In uh, in Quebec. Sorry, not Montreal. Quebec. Uh, Quebec. Because it's all... But wait, it's co- like the no, Quebec moved. is the Quebec is the, the region, is, is the, the state, it's the state. Okay, so what's yeah. the town? Montreal, Montreal, Montreal. No. yeah, Montreal, which no. is very picturesque. Yeah, no. and you stay in that crazy hotel that's kind of looks like a movie set. Well, I'm right? I'm getting confused mm. then because what's the okay? So if the race is in Quebec, mm. so you got the, it's called the Quebec Classic or something. So what's the the, the, the city city's called? called Montreal? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think you'll have to double check this I because don't, we travelled hours and hours and hours to there's get to Montreal yeah. after the Quebec race. Oh. And I can tell you now, the Quebec race that we did is not in Montreal. 100%. It's in a park. Okay. It, right. Gaz is in, I, yeah. interjecting it. It's in a park. Well, we'll, fi- we'll find out, I guess, after the podcast. Yeah. But uh, at 100%, Quebec and Montreal, Quebec is not in Montreal. They're different places. <laughs> no, Montreal is in Quebec. No, yeah. Quebec but isn't but a city. But there might be a Quebec that I don't know about. Yeah, that's so very true. Yeah. And it's just, uh, it's like Washington. It's Mon- There's Washington, so it's D.C. and Washington like the State. French but they're on the opposite yeah, sides yeah, of the country. Mo- so Montreal is the, is the essentially, I, I think I'm right to say, the, the capital of French-speaking Canada. Quebec. That's it, it is, Quebecois. Yeah. Quebec. Yeah. The Quebecois okay. ca- um, capital. Oh, and well, there you go. Yeah. And, a, and a wonderful city it is. Mm. I was... I'm, I, I'm blown, but... I don't know. Those races that you yellow both... Yellow hay bales. In yeah. yellow Oh, wow, plastic. yeah. Not black. Nice. Anyway, sorry. You know your thing about hay bales from mm. 2019, where, just to remind, because we've got a lot of new listeners now who may That's not know true. that 
Pete had this confusion about hay bales. You well, it wasn't even a confusion. It was like it wasn't actually it wasn't an epiphany, even was it? Just I just, just randomly said something that made no sense to you guys. Mm. Well, you raised a question that we c- had never considered would be a question. Mm-hmm. Um, your your question was those hay bales. Are they just a Tour de France thing? And well, um, how do they get there? How do they get there? How do the farmers just put them out to celebrate the Tour de France? Is it like land art? I suppose was or, your. Or for me, my main question was like. How do they get there and why are they there? And why are they Because it makes mm. no sense. Especially the ones on grass. <laughs> why? 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 <laughs> sorry, Pete. Why? Mm. Yeah. Why do so. They, sorry, why are the ones on grass any weirder than the ones on... Tar- isn't it, wouldn't it be like, weird if they're on tarmac? No, well, the ones on hay that's been cut, it's like, okay, maybe the, the tractor drove over them, they do their thing, um, make them into a cir- cylinder, and then drop them a off bale. randomly across the field yeah mm. but the ones that are clearly on grass it's like well oh well that's I mean that doesn't make cows. any sense to me that's a whole and then at what point do they come out and wrap them in plastic well I, I where so I there's, there's one thing with this just to and we'll close it yeah is um, you're not accustomed to seeing hay bales on the Isle of Man Mm-mm-mm. I am yeah Okay, so I sent you a picture that year when I got home of hay bales that's right so it was just you thought they were kind of ceremonially put out I don't think there was any great thought in. No, there was no, there was no understanding of why they're there in the first place. Okay, yeah. On the it like, yeah, laid out on the field. But we've just gone. Now it is quite interesting because they were wrapped in yellow, weren't they? Yes. So I think that seems like a choice. Uh, Yes, but genuinely, this is a genuine thing. I think the first time I commentated on the Giro d'Italia, I couldn't help but notice that in Italy, genuinely, they tend to be wrapped in bright pink plastic. Mm. Oh right. This looks like England. Does a bit, doesn't it? Kind of big fields and oak lovely trees. big oak trees. Yeah. Just yeah. So, so, so basically, to fast forward four years, which is how long I've been doing this job now, which yeah. seems crazy. It is crazy. I, my understanding of the hay bale situation is, you have fields of hay, a tractor drives over them, does something inside it, so it makes them into a cylinder, drops them off when it's full. Yep. And then goes on, then then starts the process again, and that's how they're randomly placed throughout the field. Yeah, exactly, Pete. Yeah. Is that right? That's I it. Think bang that's on. right. Yeah. Yeah, I think and the purpose of hay is for cows or cattle to livestock eat in general. Yeah. Um, Graze on. Yeah, feed, no, it's feed, to, to, it's feed for the winter. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we can put that to bed now. So, yeah, I think we're there. Yeah, finally. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Back done. to the race. So well, can I, can I just, before we come back uh, to the race, David and Pete, can I just ask you a little bit more about the um, the Canadian races? I never did them, so I've got not got much to say. I've only done Tour of Alberta. You can ask me. I've done a few times. So, they are in October, aren't they? Mm, no, they are before the September. They're in September. September. Early during September. the Vuelta. Early, early, yeah, early September. So you do. Maybe that's the reason they're during, do. They're during yeah. the Vuelta. Vuelta tour of Britain, or and, and yeah, maybe it's a maybe. time difference thing, possibly as well. That they happen at the wrong time of day. They happen late in the evening for a UK. TV well, they have it. They have the right. They happen at the right time of day, Ned. No, no for a UK TV, TV yes. audience. Oh, what? As in prime yeah. time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but we're not as a UK cycling public. We're not accustomed mm. to watching prime so time cycling content. These are great yeah. races, by the way. This is what I'm going to say. I often hear riders say these are really good races. Really but good. I it's like world championships. Honestly, don't like think I've watched courses. Them They're good races. I've watched them. Ten, twelve yeah. laps or whatever. They, you know, build. You know, exactly mm. like a world championship. So as David, yeah. you'll know this. And um, it's great. You'd never quite know who the winner's going to be because you got climbers, sprinters. You know the the punchier guys, and it's it's a real mix of 
competition and it's great mm. but they're no longer part of the world tour calendar are they since covid so do they, do they still exist pete i don't think so no oh man north america racing has just gone down the drain sadly since covid especially yeah, yeah. well this might be they don't have enough history i feel I... to f- really back them up to well the same's happening in uk to be fair yeah it has it really yeah. has in the Anglo-Saxon aspects. cycling world is just collapsing. Sequel Classic came mm. back this year in yeah. a big way, but even mm. you know the calendar in general is, is yeah. it's struggling to get back to what it was. It is, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, the hope is that there is a new generation coming. I mean, Hugo Uhl is hardly the new generation, and nor is Mike Woods in yeah. Canada. But that's, that's fantastic. I mean, that'll make massive headlines, won't it, in Canada? Oh, the story alone, so for a, a, a non-cycling nation as Canada... The Tour de France stage winner already is big, but with the the, the narrative, yeah. that's every paper can pick that up yeah, exactly. and make a big story of it. And also what I didn't realise, David, mm. is the, the second sponsor, Premier Tech, is also Canadian. Canadian. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I read that. that as well. Yeah. So it's a very, very, very big day for... Yeah, because the owner Canadian is Canadian. And sponsorship as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, good on him. Yeah. Well done. And what a race they're having. As a team, that's yeah. win number two for them. Yeah, that's not many can say that. Chris Froome finished third on Alpe d'Huez as well. So um, oh, yeah. they're snatching victory from the jaws of 2022 seasonal oh. defeat. Who'd have imagined that? Like oh, you're going to go to the tour, Uga Uhl and Simon Clark <coughs> are going to win key stages. No. On the co- I mean, just incredible. Well, yeah, I mean, it's possible, but it sounds more like the Vuelta. No disrespect to them. Yes. Because yeah, yeah. They're great riders, but you just feel like the tour's dominated, isn't it, by breakaway specialists? And mm. not that they aren't, but. Yeah, fantastic. I, I love it, to be honest. I think it's great. Mm. And like you say, it's no easy feat because mm. how many guys are in the break? 29. So, there 29. you go. It's basically a, bella, it's a Be- peloton. You know? yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. Hey, what about um, Mark Soler today? Oh. Oh. What do you think? You, you um, proposed heat stroke, Ned. That's what it looked like. Mm. But I don't know. I mean, do you think it was... Uh, I don't know. I mean, the only reason I say that is because when he pulled... I mean, he was sick. We didn't see that on camera. We had reports that he was being sick off his bike. So that's a number of different things that could cause that, including, obviously, an intestinal infection, which would be, like, the, the most obvious thing. But what infection? The intest- like, oh a, yeah. like a stomach bug. But um, when he pulled up alongside the doctor's car, there was quite a long conversation um, between the doctors. Did you understand any of that, David? It's quite hard I wasn't hard listening to hear. properly. Listening? I didn't have... The feed turned up loud enough. The doctor, sh- she speaks Spanish. I think she's the only... I've noticed this before. I don't know her name. Mm. I should do. Mm. But she's been on the race for a number of years. And I think she's the only Spanish speaker in that okay. doctor's car. Because uh, there's a couple of doctors in the car, isn't there? Yeah. And um, she was in deep conversation with him. You could almost make it out. And I think... I think he was... I think he was explaining to her. No, I, I just... I'm suffering in the heat. Mm. And then mm. shortly thereafter, she was spraying something on his back. On the, You know, the, the, precisely the same point on the back where they put the ice cubes mm. to sort of cool them down but it had no I mean it was just fighting a losing battle wasn't it but yeah. it's, it's so rare for an elite Tour de France professional cyclist to get a heat stroke in mm. the sense it's just don't you're so fit you're it's a so bit, it's a bit in a similar way it's a bit rare for us commentators to suffer from the heat in a way that I did today well you yeah. had a very similar to Mark you had a Mark Soler kind of a day but yeah. it was awful sadly for Mark Soler he's out yeah um, but I was out of. A also, lot just to go back in your, in your intro, Ned, you indicated that 
um, Pete and I got up at 11. We did not get up at 11 o'clock. It wasn't. That's it wasn't. a total lie. No. It's but um, we just didn't feel like... It wasn't like fair of me that Half way. nine. No. no. I was up. Yeah, yeah, I was at 8.45 out of bed, but I'd planned to get up before then. Yeah. I was just so tired. Yeah. And the room was so cold. Yeah, the best air conditioning oh, ever. It was amazing. On the base so far. <laughs> and it was shocking when you came out. I, actually, maybe that also, was Also, sometimes I lie there and think, I deserve yeah. this. Yeah. I'm not getting out of bed. Like, Je le vois bien. Um, <laughs> but I, I wonder if Pete, it was when we came out of our rooms, because it was then so hot when we came out of our rooms, that it just shocked us. <laughs> what, and so... So Pete was just like it was just a wave of heat. It was a wave of heat. So it wasn't like a building up of kind of no. heat over a day. It wasn't attrition. Yeah, it was I just a, it was like those air gun things right. that just puff out. Like <laughs> so he just got hit by a wave of heat. In comparison to Mark's, I don't have to ride a bike, but so the listeners can understand what I was going through. It was that sickness where you feel like you're on the brink of vomiting, but you're not. But put under cer- certain circumstances, it en- it enhances. So for example. I went to the local casino, which is like a supermarket in France. <laughs> I was going to say, I, <laughs> people will be like, <laughs> people that be like oh, yeah, 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 there we go. Yeah. I looked around and I looked everywhere for a Coke and there was no, there was not, there was none. Um, there was a cola in the fridge, their local like casino cola. But I was like, I really want a Coca-Cola. Right. But I couldn't find one. So I went for the cold cola. Checked out and tried to do my card on my phone. And it's on those supermarkets where they don't let you out without your receipt of and, yeah. had, and this one you had to scan yeah so i was just like and at this basically to bring the story back around to what i was talking about i as that this was all happening i felt like i was going to throw up because i was under stress do you know what i mean was so, that before you got in the car to come to the stage no this was once i was already well, there i want you there so okay. I'm, After this lunch. is asking me to pay and i'm oh. like i'm oh. literally going to throw up any second just give me just let me pay and i need to get out of this shop right and then i walked out and then i was fine but you know when you're in circumstances it's like being on a bus <laughs> going to work or school and it's like if you need to be sick on a bus the, the feeling or sensation is enhanced mm. 100 1000 times because it's a mental thing yeah where it's mm. like i can't be sick now or in a taxi journey home after mm. a night out the fact that you the fact that you can't be sick makes you feel like you're going to be sick so much more yeah do you have you ever had that yeah, and then as soon as you get into your, your environment where you're safe, it's like, well, I actually don't feel sick. <laughs> or maybe, as sick, yeah. you know? Maybe. I'm not sure I've had it in quite those terms. Really? I did used to get very car sick This is kid. very normal for me. Is mm. it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. It, car sickness is something you kind of grow out of, isn't it? Do you think? I, no. I grow into it. So it's like vegetarianism. <laughs> I literally started getting car sick last year. You're like Benjamin <laughs> Button. <laughs> yeah. He's living his life backwards. It's <laughs> <That's> awful. Because <laughs> Lauren, my wife, suffered peak, from it for your years. Your peak earning years were in your 20s. Yeah, it's all going backwards. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm like, what's up with you? We're literally driving in a car. Like, I don't get it. And then there was, it just clicked the fingers. I was like, oh my. Now I understand what you're going through. Because <laughs> oh. it was awful. Yeah, car yeah. sick's the worst. Yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, anyway. Back um, to the race. Can we talk can we talk about <laughs> Taddy? Yeah. Well, I don't know how how honest are we gonna be about this? Because <sighs> the three be of honest. us the three of us have collectively at different points since the stage finished and now it's what, seven o'clock in the evening or something. Um said to one another at various different points, that's it, isn't it? Mm. Why do we say that why do we all three of us feel like that because Vinegar's that good he's so strong he just is he's so strong and 
Pogacar is normally the moves Pogacar are making are race defining kind of it's just exploits that expand but Vingegaard is just matching him every single time with ease with ease and his teammates Sepp Kuss back in my good books amazing Wout van Aert Marvel superhero he just sees those two because they're just cause, and now Marc Soler's gone it's um, I mean I, I'm not one thing he did say yesterday Pogacar in his interviews that he was going to attack on every single mountain so the first mountain they hit today he attacks three or four times yeah, yeah but then Sepp Kuss did the last mountain so fast Pogacar attack. couldn't attack yeah yeah like yeah. what but, I mean, and then Wout van Aert yeah. just parks up at the top waiting yeah it was just oh yeah they're so good Jumbo Visma they were every constituent part worked today beautifully yeah. Christophe Laporte did a huge turn mm-hmm. for the first couple of hours of they got the stage. two riders they wanted in the in the group Van Hoydonk knew yeah. exactly what he was doing yeah he was in the he was up the road he wasn't but he wasn't he was in a different race as when Wout was van the last team to win yellow and green Ned oh don't ask me that no with uh, two Zab, individual uh, riders not not one rider taking them both so I think that might be even more mm, that's a good question Pete I can't because you have Zabel and Jan Ulrich who are part of the same team but did they win them in the same year do you think Siri knows that I th- we can ask him. I think they did but did they? I don't know so that's Maybe the that thing was, to yeah. look at I mean this it's, is it's fundamental it's research I should have done it's incredible though isn't it uh, yes um, one yeah, other jersey to go and do you know what it's Potentially, they could get it. Is it possible? Did did Zabel yes, did Zabel play like if that was the case? No, he who, did not. But surely. did he play the role? But I mean, anything no. like the role? No, no, no. no. He was no. there just to win the green pick jersey. up those stages. Yeah. Also, yeah. just to remind people what the green jersey used to be, there were three sprints throughout the stage, not one. Yeah, we kind of forget about that. Yeah, the green jersey. Was you had less points at the finish line, and you had three. No we, way. You had three sprints during it. the stage. And I've watched that's it every yeah, day. Yeah. Well, it wasn't so long ago that we used to have two. Yeah. And that's been, you know, dropped. And the weirdness of the no time bonus. It's just odd. Yeah. One thing... They're uh, taking stuff out of the race. Yeah, it's like, it, it's it doesn't really make odd, sense, does it? Just no. as it, they're making it better and more exciting, like the bonus thing, Ned. Yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah. Time and then also, brilliant. the mountains jersey, Gary Imlach actually said on the set today, it needs to be almost rethought about because... It hasn't been, it hasn't been the best race yet, has it? This is no, I disagree. Do you? It's a yeah. great race. I don't. Why do you think it's not? Because you've I had don't a flat, you've had a bad day, Pete. No, don't no, take it out in the race. No, no, I agree with Gary, because you can take it easy in the first week, like Magnus Court did, by taking those. And Geska, who's he racing against today? Who's who's in the break fighting for the jersey? Um, well, mm, there was only Nielsen Paulus, who's just not. So that's my point. So my point is, the best thing you could do with the mountains jersey, is. Yeah, you keep the categorised climbs there for oh. maybe the, the the length and duration, but make the points equal throughout the whole race. But remember also, no what again, is, a 10, recent thing 8, they put in, four. Pete, was where they, close. Pete, the final mountain oh. had double points. That's gone. Yeah, yeah that's, that's good. That's, that's good. good. That's, that's good. good. That's good. That's good. good. That's good. So, so it's slowly, it it's slowly yeah. getting to yeah. where where yeah. I want it to be, but which is just scrap scrap the points. Like Sorry. not the points, but the high points and the low points. Mm. Just make each mountain the same points, Ooh. and you'd have such a good race. Because you couldn't, have, if you really were interested in the overall mountains mm. jersey, That's you couldn't let really it go idea. in the first week. You'd have to go out and get mm. them. But 
what might happen is that, and this is, you know, this is always the sort of And it of would like take the GC contenders out of it because they wouldn't be there in the first week. Completely agree with that, which is exactly what should happen. You know, it's not a, it's not a no. jersey that should be worn and won by the GC yeah. races there. But what <laughs> might happen there is that someone would just get away with a huge tally points very early, Watt Van Aert style, and then mm. the, the competition after Kills seven it. days is dead. Because somebody's on 180 yeah. points. And yeah. well, well, that, well, that's what I'm saying. Because Magnus Court would have killed it. This is would have a good so advantage. Yeah. yeah, but he's gone. He's not even here anymore. Yeah. No, but, <laughs> no, 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 but what I'm saying is, if you were interested in this jersey, Ned, and you didn't just fall into it, which seems to happen sometimes. Oh, Gershko is definitely not falling it, into it. No, he's no. But what I'm saying is, you'd have to go out and chase it in the first week, mm. as opposed to just saying, oh, it's okay, we'll let him go because he's only going to pick up four points. So you'd see the battle between the riders who are really invested mm. in this competition throughout the whole race. It would have been super yeah. cool if Either you way, had... I don't know. Going back to our, go. kind of my idea, right? our original Hunger Games idea, <laughs> if you had the occasional day where it was... That like seems a long time ago, doesn't it? a long time ago, <laughs> yeah. Where you have... Back when we had a bit of spark about it. I thought they were doing the Hunger Games when they were spraying the road down with yeah. water. And oh, they yeah. were just like trying to kill it down, apparently. Uh, did you hear about that? James was telling me. I don't know, the, <laughs> don't know the facts and figures. James, our producer, was saying... Um, uh, it's somebody high up. Um, it's not uh, Gouverneur. It's uh, his deputy or someone like that was was yeah. reacting to criticism because when they sprayed the water, there was a lot of criticism about oh, brilliant. So, you know, here's the Tour de France creating all this climate change anyway because <laughs> yeah. of its carbon footprint. Yeah. And now what you're doing is taking drinking quality water yeah. and just you know when there's hose bands when everywhere. there's hose pipe bands everywhere and it doesn't mm. rain for months and you're just drenching Dumping the roads ten, in it 10,000 litres of water 10,000 litres and they went and they went no 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 no. you've got all your facts wrong and apparently he said um, we've actually only um, um, sprayed 350 litres of water on the roads hmm. and I'm thinking that's like 10 metres yeah it's <laughs> one <laughs> corner <laughs> it's nothing yeah. 350 litres of water yeah. would be done between here and that camper yeah. van there wouldn't it that's not true so it's not true okay yeah, yeah got you so but no, just going back going to my time bonus idea, I think it would be great if you had, uh, if the race direction had the, the liberty to kind of go, uh, when you get your race book in the evening, in the old days you used to get the results delivered to the dinner table, um, and you used to even get the jerseys where a motorbike would arrive in the evening with this Tour de France bag that was yellow. A jiffy bag. Which, yeah, no, no, it was, uh, no Pete, um, like a lovely kind of satchel. That uh, it was like a satchel with a little <laughs> handle. I've still got some at home, and they would come to your dinner table in the restaurant and hand it to you, and within it you had all your jerseys for the next day. Yeah, and that, then nice. also the motorbikes would also arrive with all the results of the day because we didn't have mobile internet. No, so we'd have all the, those. But if you then came and then you looked, here's today's stage. We put in a one minute time bonus. Yeah, at half at the top of this climb, and it'd be like, oh, what? So We're I got this satchel that. once, David, um, yeah. at the Dauphiné, and now I've just been like a lower rider mm. working for Chris Froome or other people throughout my whole career. And I got this satchel, which by at it, by the time we got to 2016 or mm. 15, sorry, it was a yellow rucksack. And <laughs> I've never felt so special. Oh, it was so special. And, and at this yeah. point, it, it, didn't, it didn't come to the dinner table. It got handed to the bus driver through the window. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is yeah. mine. I yeah. couldn't believe it. I was like, Chris Foon was sat on, I always sat uh, on the back right. I think he was on mm. the left. And I was like, 
how has this happened? <laughs> like, oh, I'm, I'm collecting the yellow jerseys, long sleeve jellies. I yeah, was like, like this what is have I got? insane. What have I got? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this is, feels so wrong. But yeah. I was like, I just, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was like winning the lottery. And you still have got all that clobber? I've still, still got it, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. yeah I love yeah. it, yeah. Can't imagine, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. David, the, I suppose the counter-argument to all of that, to be serious for a second, yeah, would be... Sorry. It, every not that I wasn't I mean, I, I my, my rucksack getting delivered no, I love that Pete <laughs> I, I um, oh little Aww. kid there oh, kid in FTJ t-shirt kid in FTJ t-shirt just Spotted. waving but that's knowledge because why Media are they car. why oh, yeah. are they waving at a Ford Galaxy exactly yeah. well that kid knows the Tour de France he was so excited that was yeah. super sweet brilliant in the yeah. middle of nowhere definitely too young to know David Millar is David Millar oh, I don't know no you never know that's if he's into his history yeah like I'm not yeah. His old man might have been a big fan yeah. of David. Yeah, he would have been actually, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe his mum was the person who offered you to buy the glass. You might have posed uh, on for. Top a, I bet you posed for a photo with his dad. Maybe somewhere. Same age as me. With uh, with some clunky yeah. 1980s yeah. Sort of Polaroid <laughs> camera, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you're, the you're yeah, serious. So what are you saying then? What? I um, on the one hand. We've had these discussions many times, haven't we? I like the idea of the turbo rider. I like the idea of the race of the unknown distance. I like the idea of the sprint of the unknown points, mm. you know, and all of that. And your idea fits into that category, doesn't it? We're going to put a one-minute time bonus in mm. overnight and see how that works. But I suppose, to be serious, the, the counter-argument is that it... Uh, serious sport, isn't it? That, but also it takes away to some extent every time you put time bonuses into a race it takes away from the purity of the notion that this is a race from Copenhagen to Paris and the fastest man wins yeah yeah, yeah you are I, I so know. right I know I, so I, I right. do agree with that and it's almost like the I think we get a bit carried away in the in the Never Strays Car podcast sometimes with our ideas because yeah. it's the equivalent of like going to London Marathon and saying like okay after you know 12 <laughs> miles there's going to be a minute time we're going to have we're <laughs> gonna like, it's <laughs> just insane isn't it <laughs> yeah no because what you could do at the London Marathon is have a section which is basically <laughs> like a um, in airports where you have the walking oh yes yeah. so yeah. you have fight but they switch it on for only a certain <laughs> point of the race and you've got to get there to that point and you've got to get a kilometre of <laughs> <laughs> this is how deluded that we actually become no, in the car. There was it's a, there so was not a, right. Um, but no, there was a, a design. Was Sometimes I've thought about that though. Like, I, like this is literally how fast Mo Farah is running. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I get yeah, on there yeah, like, yeah. right, I'm that's it. I'm running. Like, yeah. I don't know what it feels like. Oh, Pete, you did a you did a little um, effort uh, as a runner. Was it yesterday morning? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Oh, when yeah. David and I set off on our on our bikes to ride from Carcassonne to Mirepoix, uh, by the way, David, I think we could talk about Mirepoix a little bit, couldn't we? We can, yeah. But we set off on our bikes, and uh, you decided you needed a bit of sport in your mm. life, but you had to hang around to do some studio chat with Gary for the rest day yeah. program, so you couldn't leave with us, which I think you probably would have wanted to do. So instead, you decided to run at our leisurely cycling pace down to the river, and I was super impressed. You were... Mm. Well, I set off, and you guys had just set off, and I tried to catch you up, and I was like, oh, damn it, it's over. I was shouting your names. I was like, nah, David. <laughs> we're just ignoring and I was like, oh, it's gone, but then fan. David, <laughs> yeah, Joking. I forget about him. <laughs> so don't, look da- don't look back. David, yeah. <laughs> I was slugging to the max, no and David con- stopped no for sun, suntan cream. Yeah, and I, 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 I was like, cream. yes, because yeah. part of me with running at the minute is I'm not doing it that often. And if I can just even do two or three K 
without thinking about why I'm doing it or what I'm doing it for. Yeah. It's it's done, isn't it? Yeah. And um, so we set off. And then with that, because you're on bikes, I felt like, you know... They, we have an advantage? No. We had a coach. You had like no, a like coach. Oh, Mo yeah. Farrow with his training yeah. partner on yeah. a bike because yeah. no one else can run that fast. You've been kind of motor-paced. So I was so. like, this is incredible. Yeah. And for about 2K, 3K... I ran with you guys at around 17 to 18k an hour. What was that, like was 340 pace? 330 pace? It was rapid pace. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was, was super impressed, yeah. actually. You are a fast runner. Yeah, it was good. But just to go back to when you caught us up, because David stopped quite rightly to get some factor 50. <laughs> yeah, cause it was because like we, were gonna, <laughs> we, were, we were about to fry for the next three and a half hours on the road to, um, to Mirepoix. I think it's so funny because... French pharmacies, and they are a big deal in France, right? The, f- the local pharmacy, oh, everyone yeah. who's been to France, hub. passing through a village, you know the score. Every little village may not have a shop that sells food or drink or anything like that, but it will have a pharmacy, won't it? There'll be a green sign, often with the temperature displayed and the time of <laughs> oh, day yeah, the temperature. lit up. That you <laughs> can guarantee that if there's only one shop in the village, it'll be a pharmacy. <laughs> and um, but the, the other facet of those is they're quite expensive and the products that you get are kind of so if you just want to pop in for some toothpaste 12 euros you'll come out and you'll have some sort of eucalyptus homeopathic mm-hmm. toothpaste mm. that you didn't know exist and the, the the kind of sunscreen equivalent to that that's what you came out with David it yeah. was over elaborate it was kind of a water based oil that was although 50 some protection was also tan enhancing and had better cartonine <laughs> and I thought you looked brown today David do you think so I mean I tell you it worked I, I got Ned, no sorry. rashes <laughs> yeah, from, I mean. from the sun yesterday <laughs> yeah. but yeah so it did so work so how was the ride anyway because it was quite the ride on a Brompton Mm. 50 kilometers in well, 41 we, degrees heat. If you listen to if you listen to the podcast, you would have heard oh, the sorry. summary. But, I didn't um, really no, listen that, to it. That's all right. It, we so. did a little edit, edited piece, and you know our viewers will have known just how that listeners. It was epic. Oh, sorry, listeners. I seen the photos actually. It mm. was great fun, but I mean, we did we did our usual thing, completely run out of water. Yeah, yeah and then we got so saved by a kind of cattle trough that we mm-hmm. cleaned up and had lo- lovely clean drinking water in it, and we plunged our heads in. And David taught me the old school sort of trick of putting your your little casket into the water and using it as a bucket essentially filling it with water and slapping it over your head <laughs> which is great oh that's <laughs> lovely isn't it and then it just yeah. it just mm. kind of gushes down and you, you mm. anyway but we ended up in Mirepoix Mirepoix yeah which is um, a tiny little town really with a a, a half timbered medieval heart to it so the central sort of square has got an old actually it's not so old now because it was only built in 1855 a kind of a covered market area mm. because the old market um, A burnt down and B was due to be replaced anyway because it was completely enclosed and so therefore very unhygienic so in the 19th century they replaced all these older you know basically fish stalls and meat stalls and everything where it allowed a bit of ventilation to come in and indeed foie where we were today had a very similar one where we heard some Singers, some local singers. We did. We, we did. stopped and listened to them for a little bit. Yeah, today, we had that please. conversation about G, didn't we? Go and Thomas. We talked about Welsh male voice choir. Well, no, that I think that uh, actually didn't lead on to it at all. I'm just. No, I was didn't. about to make that up, but with <laughs> the town that's called Foix, I oh, noticed yeah. how much G said, and you, you notice this when you go from being a cyclist or a professional cyclist into TV. Yeah. You pick up on stuff that really does not matter as a professional cyclist, like pronunciation of names. Yeah. What you say in an interview, your uh, vocabulary doesn't matter because you're being interviewed because 
of what you do as a profession. Yeah. Doesn't nothing else matters. Yeah. But then I was like, if if you know uh, Daniel Free came up to G at the start of the stage and said, um, "Oh, G, what do you think uh, about the about the stage today?" <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, G, I know it starts in four, but uh, what do you think about the stage? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, yeah, gee. Uh, yeah, it starts on four. But <laughs> <laughs> can you tell us about the climbs? Or <laughs> do you think well, what's going to happen on the road, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, gee, we're aware of that. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? And, and, and but these little, like, you ticks. Ticks that you pick up as a, even as a commentator. Yeah. And as a, like, presenter or when you're on the, doing the punditry stuff, that they're really hard to shake and you don't even know you're doing them, do you? Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and Chris Froome does a thing it's less of a verbal tick more of a visual tick actually where he's such a polite you know accessible human being Chris he doesn't really <laughs> but you can ask him and I quite often f- fell foul of this asking quite a long winded question unnecessarily you know, seven times longer than it needed to be really so I'd be talking for quite a long time before eventually I get to the point of my question and Chris would be listening to me doing that like over nodding yeah. oh yeah over nodding mm. yeah so it's like and he closes his eyes a bit and blinks a bit too often and he overnods. So he's like, he's like, I'm totally like, sending you out a signal saying, I'm totally on board with this. T- yeah, yeah, I completely see where this is going. And it's like, nod, 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 nod. And then his first words that come out of his mouth will be, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Chris Bourbon does this to me on set. What, so he, I don't he know if he's like, I can't to this day. I do not know if he's literally laughing at what I'm saying or doing the oh I know the, the that I onset know that expression. like onset you know agreement he where it's like a fake and he goes it's all he shows a bit of TV goes yeah and I'm like <laughs> and I look at him I'm trying to answer him like really seriously because it's live yeah and I'm like Do, what, is he taking the are, you, are you just doing the the <laughs> onset tick thing where you're agreeing <laughs> with me or are you actually quite amused at what I'm saying <laughs> it's madness <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want, yeah, I'm trying to think of other riders' little ticks, but yeah, you're right. Foie. Anyway, to go back to <laughs> Mirepoix. Yeah. Did you get a little walk around this morning? Or? I did a little walk around this morning. Beautiful, um, isn't it? I had intended to go for a little dip in the river. Did that not happen? That didn't happen. I got. There's been a lot of talk about dips in. As rivers. we go over a river right now, none of them have happened. Yeah. I no, haven't been. No. In a, I've been in a lake. You've yeah. been in a lake. We've been in the same lake yeah. in the Alps. Yeah. yeah. But we want. We haven't been in a river. No. I, I've just had a, a complete. Um, it's less in my head. Simon, who's uh, uh Omnip- no, no, the oh. the old Spielach. de Beauvoir from the 12th century. Oh right, de Montfort, no. de Montfort, <laughs> no, no, yes, the 13th century. <laughs> yeah. Definitely uh, not. So Spielach. he, when he was <laughs> running, <laughs> when he was running a muck in this part part of France and getting all his titles, he yeah, as, all we, the as we pass yes, a, a, a pharmacy with the temperature. There we yeah. go. What's the temperature? 31.1. Wow. Uh, at 7:31. Um, uh, he took over. He, he basically overrun uh, Mirepoix and gave it to a friend, and uh, that friend then essentially remodeled the town because he'd kind of destroyed it. Simon Montfort de Montfort when he was overdoing it. So when was he? So that's 13th century. Is that so? so you're talking about Maxime Montfort. So so we're talking Mirepoix. Oh, you talking Mirepoix? And so that's the arcaded market square. Yep. Is the only one left in France that's what many were like 700 years ago so Bob Roll our American colleague said this quite interesting thing Mm. that probably isn't you probably need to fact check but it struck me as pretty plausible that Mm. actually subsequent to that Mm. um, Mirepoix and this whole area actually 
has kind of avoided being caught up in the great conflagrations that have raised cities to the ground subsequently. Mm. Um, you know, especially in the 20th century. So the First World War never came anywhere near here, and yeah. the Second World War didn't either. So there's some of the best preserved yeah. medieval uh, architecture in France is right is right here, and yeah. it's very special. I mean, it's so it almost looks like a toy town. Correct. I thought it looked like. Mm, not sure about this. Yeah, it looks you, a little is this bit real? Too chocolate boxy, yeah. to be honest. But it's uh, 700 years old. That whole beamed um, kind of arcaded square. That's yeah. what I and felt then like in Quebec. Did like you want a movie set? Yeah. Huh. In this town that you th- you claim is called Quebec. Yeah, it, it absolutely. Uh, you is. absolutely. Oh, I think, mm-hmm. David. I think we just have to accept that. We'll accept talking we'll about erase there. And yeah. it feels one, like you're on a movie now. set. Like Michael is this Matthews real? The buildings, everything yeah. looks like it's all been just set up for. Well, that's different because that's only two, yeah, three hundred years old. Oh, right, yeah, fake. sorry. Yeah. So that is yeah. a, that's in fake. many ways, okay. a sort of pastiche of memories of Europe. Yeah. So, but similar but different. Yeah. But then next to that, and it's a it's a small place, Mirepoix. And it's got this ancient arcaded marketplace, but next to it, the cathedral is a cathedral. It's a huge cathedral, mate. I thought it was right up there. It goes yeah. into my top five. Top five French, along with Chartres, yeah. Amiens, right? Those I, places. I couldn't get in this morning, so there's a huge funeral going on. Well, yeah. I, I tell you, I walk in, and I've got ambiv- mixed feelings about this because it is one of those. It's one of those cathedrals where um, they play, sort of very subtly in the background, they play piped. Um, they play piped sort of monk what do you call it Gregorian chants Gregorian thank chants. you guys thank you guys so they play they play that over the loudspeakers and it's kind of like on the one hand it's a bit mm. like the disnification you know the kind of well I'm not sure about mm. that but on the other hand it's Gregorian chants and they're beautiful they are beautiful so it sort of fits <laughs> but the interior of the Saint Maurice the Eglise de Saint Maurice is gothic David yes but you associate gothic Naves inside, well, I do anyway, with a couple of things. One is quite austere stonework, mm-hmm. but very vertiginous, very, very um, slender, very tall. And the naves are the naves are quite uh, they're not well. Number wide. one, there are three naves in almost all kind of cathedrals, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I'm talking but about the central, yeah, but that's what it, that's yeah. what makes this one special. That it's a single it's nave, it's enormous, yeah. Okay, so oh, I see, so, so there's it's no a division single nave, them. so it's it, yeah. it looks like gothic architecture yeah. in the sense that the, the, the stonework comes to mm-hmm. a kind of like you know uh, that, that kind of gothic uh, way out of my comfort zone here but that kind of like peak yeah but sounds the, like me the, every day the way out of my comfort span, zone the Podcast, span of commentary. the the span of the nave, nave. is huge yeah. it's really wide incredibly wide the, uh, also um, a lot of the original painting from inside has survived mm-hmm. or been restored so it's l- quite heavily painted mm. in the original way that it would have been mm and the stained glass is um, original and undamaged during yeah. the wars, so it's just incredible. But so here's what I... Wonderful place. Because um, it's the second largest single nave cathedral in Europe, and the first is in... The biggest is in Girona. In Girona. Yeah. That's what makes Girona's cathedral so magical, and is that single nave. Um, yeah. What's the, the famous TV series is frame, uh, filmed? Uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah. The yeah. Right outside my my well, where my brother used to live, his apartment. Um, yeah, and I recognised it straight away. I was like, "Why do I recognise this?" We're going back to Bob Roll. Mm. Quite a Hunger Games moment. He told me a story well, yesterday. Can we t- can we just say who who Bob Roll is? Because a lot of legends. David, I'll let David. I David think you need to tell it. us. Yeah. So, so Bob Roll's an American. He comes from California. Um, he was one of the pioneer 
uh, US professional cyclist. 7-11. Yeah, 7-11 from the 1980s. He was on Andy Hampson's Giro team. Uh, he was kind of in that whole scene when it was, and Greg LeMond, never on the same team as Greg LeMond, but that whole part of that generation. Then he moved over into TV. He even worked for ITV for a bit, didn't he, in the 90s? Yeah, yeah, long time really? before I joined up, but yeah. he did, yeah. yeah. And uh, so for the last 20 years, he's been commentating for US television. And he does the job that I do, uh, which is he's the co-commentator, the, the, the color, as it's called, for American TV. Well, it's even stranger than that for Bob, isn't it? Because he also does lead. He does lead, but yeah. uh, but in his own personal story, because mm-hmm. his closest friend in cycling and in broadcasting subsequently was Paul Sherwin, yeah. who, as everybody knows, used to be Phil Liggett's um, wingman, yeah. so Paul, Phil and Paul, and Paul, who died in 2018, um, Phil d- had, co- I think Phil contemplated stopping at that point, you know, yeah. but, he, but then a bit of Phil said, oh, I need to carry on, and so uh, obviously the American Network said, well, we, you know, please carry on if that's what how you want to go but they had to find a co-commentator for him so bob found himself in this um strange and invidious position of actually replacing on the microphone his closest friend mm. very strange anyway but carry on so, th- yeah. so that's bob roll anyway what so were you gonna say? Roll. Uh, just quite a hunger games moment which he he was telling me about last night in terms of we got on to watchers and he said well there was this one race it's obviously not in sort of france but i can't remember what it was where they had a preem to win a Rolex watch, what was it, like a Sky Dweller or, yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. And he said the Peloton went crazy <laughs> and he won this watch. I won this watch. He was like, I went 500 meters to go. I just hit them. <laughs> there was, and I didn't look back once, man. <laughs> you don't think I was going to look back? I had that Rolex in my back pocket. <laughs> and I was like, bloody hell, this story's mental. <laughs> so, so anyway, with that story, and then he went on, this, I mean, this was just the start of the story. And if anyone knows Bob Roll, oh. it's oh. never just oh. it's the tip of the iceberg. He was like, that got me into watches, man. I went on to, you know, you get on the ladder, you buy this, you buy that. Mm. And he was like, yeah, then I bought um, oh, a Patek Philippe, Patek Patek Philippe watch yeah. that was worth £20,000. And then they stopped making it. Uh, and this all starts from the premium one buying a Rolex. <laughs> they got him onto <laughs> this Patek Philippe watch. He bought it for £20,000. And they stopped making it. Right. And, and a couple of years ago, he sold it for 225. No. Oh, it's watches are crazy. But anyway, going back to the Hunger Games, I thought, bear in mind how professional and how serious teams are now. Imagine dropping a Rolex cream yeah, in the crazy. middle. Like, who, who yeah. would just disregard it in terms of, that's not what we're here for? And what riders would be like, I'm getting that pre. <laughs> All the shiny yeah. boys, right? Well, there All we Lizzie's go. All the shiny boys. Yeah. It'd be like, you know, that, would like just, <laughs> that would filter them out of the peloton. Yeah. You'd know exactly who the shiny boys were. <laughs> it would be. Steven attacks. Matthews attacks. <laughs> I think it'd be more epic than anything I could even think yeah, of in terms of idea. bonus sprints, polka dot points. Let's just yeah. drop a Rolex Prime stage six yeah. after... I don't know, let's just say 30 kilometers. <laughs> and I bet your bottom dollar it will make the best racing you've ever seen. Yeah. I, have you ever heard Robbie McEwen's story about the cow, the limousine cow? No. Oh. Please tell. Well, I've, I told it in my last theatre tour. Um, but, and I'm sure on my return to Ned, <laughs> I'm going to tell it again because it's just too funny. Along with the um, 80s. Uh, the 80s. Oh, what? The, the music thing? That you might have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a little music stunt thing planned. 
as well. I'm working on that. I love You're it. Okay, I won't. I won't um, no, no, but I'm just that's gestating away. Yeah. Um, but Robin, Feel like McCure, Lizzie. Robin McCure. Yeah. Good luck, Lizzie. By the way. <laughs> oh yeah. Do you think she's listening? I hope so because I'm missing her so much. Yeah. I really felt like a well, large part of our, even though she's only been here for this, the middle week. Yeah. You've, you sense that she, and it's just the banter that she brings well, to the car, to on set, and no, she's great. She was but in many amazing. Ways, anti-banter because she just cut cut through our banter <laughs> like a knife through hot, <laughs> a hot knife through butter, Didn't wasn't she it? Just oh. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. No, good luck, Lizzie. Yeah. Robbie McEwen's story with a cow yeah. is that he won a sta- he won a bunch sprint into Limousin uh, in whenever, like I think in two thousand five, something like that, and um, went to the podium. Got up on the podium, did his thing, came and he's walking down those little steps at the back of the podium in his cleated shoes, and he bumps into Bernardino, who used to be a big part of the podium protocol and everything back in the day. And Bernard, who doesn't speak it, certainly didn't speak much English, said to Robbie, I presume in French actually, because Robbie speaks great French. Um, uh, Robbie, uh, you, you you haven't got your prize, your thing that you've won. And Robbie, <laughs> Robbie went, what have I won? He goes, uh, <laughs> and he stood there. And Bernardino's standing there with a prize limousine bull. No. Oh, that's amazing. Like a massive limousine is this kind of exclusive breed of cattle. Mm-hmm. And Bernard is standing there tethered to a bull. Uh, so, I mean, God knows how much this bull is worth, but yeah. I'm thinking tens of thousands. You this could take it to one of the auctions, couldn't you? Do you know what I mean? Go for it. But Robbie's standing there in his cycling clothes thinking, well, I've got to get to the bus now and then go to my campanile with the. What am I going to do with a bull like yeah. that? It's a bit uh, like Chris Froome's present after the Vuelta. What was that? It was um, a massive leg of ham with this huge knife, like the sharpest knife you've ever seen. It's like, oh, thanks, Chris, but I've got to get on a Ryanair flight tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to get that home. You know? <laughs> but yeah, no worries about the, the three weeks on the front I just did. It's very similar, totally impractical present. So, but, yeah, but this is a valuable thing. But Bernardino clearly... Right, he's he's a, he's farmer, a farmer from Brittany. Oh, yeah. He knows the price pride. of the limousine bull. Right? Yeah. So he knows that Robbie is in a bit of a conundrum here about that. So quick as a flash, Bernard says to Robbie, "I'll buy it from you." No, like that. Mm-hmm. Robbie goes, "How much?" <laughs> like that, and Bernard says, "600 euros." <laughs> <laughs> Robbie goes, "Done, cash, done." Cash. Yeah, <laughs> and he's got the cash. He's got oh, the cash. So he just hands the cash over, and he knows what it's worth. Yeah. yeah. So he's just set up. Yeah. Almost. It's it just set it up. Oh, so he's brilliant. walked off. He's probably got like a cattle box, you know, like a horse box thing, mm. just parked off around the corner, right around the corner. with some mate from Brittany. Yeah. He's just going to load it up and they drive it back to the farm. Yeah. Job done. And Job done. Know. Thanks yeah. for coming. Yeah. And and also what actually the, the two things I heard then at the start of the story, Ned, were cleats and podium. I remember the days when professional bike racers used to get on the podium with the cleats still on and then they'd like spray the champagne and slip off the top. I mean, that's not so long ago. Not really, but now no one does it really. It's quite too dangerous. I remember Cav doing it once. Why did it take decades for riders to think, well, maybe I need a pair of trainers instead? It's incredible that that Mm. used to happen. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's everyone's so different, aren't they? Because you see like certain riders and they do the the post-stage interviews. And for me, helmet the first thing I gone. did was take helmet my helmet off, off yeah. cloth cap or no mm. cloth cap, but at least take your helmet off. But yeah. then uh, then it's very personal, isn't it? Because it goes to show that some mm. riders actually just don't care about yeah. anything. They're just answering the questions and then they'll get back to the hotel. Mm. Or riders are like, maybe bling for one. Mm. <laughs> Might ask for his earring or put his Rolex on and, you know. Or Peter Sagan will have a little side sponsorship deal going on, so put on a massive baseball cap with some brand mm. of something in, in unrecognisable on. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. 
So and then we we well let's we could go back to the race briefly. I think we, we should. Round I don't think we've spoken about it much not much at all actually, today, which is surprising. Mm. Which is a little bit surprising. I mean, we've spoken mm. a lot about Ool and Israel Premier Tech, and we've just dismissed the GC race, really, haven't we? Yeah, it's fine. But what was cool about today? Cool in one sense, quite annoying in another sense because it kind of locked the race down. But it was well managed and it was quite spectacular. It's the way that all three of the, the three big GC teams put riders in the break and they all came together again yeah, at the right yeah, moment. It was, it was like, sometimes was you see that with one team, but to have three teams all doing the same tactic and all getting it right was... They all yeah. nailed it. Are you talking impressive. about Ineos Grenadiers as one of them? Yeah. Yeah, Martinez. So I feel like he was never there for that purpose. I don't no. know why... Why, why did he ride? Why did he ride? Mm. When he was course then the final 17Ks, yeah, 10Ks, okay. he just hammered in... And as soon as he started riding, we then, French director is very good actually, he just switched the shot to the group behind, yeah. which was Adam Pidcock riding for Adam Yates. And that was yeah. the baffler. Yeah. And that was why like, you putting I Adam don't know Yates what's going on here. And then it switched again to Bardet, and we went, oh, hang on, is this to get rid of Bardet? And then he saw three, three minutes, minutes back yeah. so off he's the gone. yellow jersey. Okay, yeah. Especially yeah. with like the, the time trial to yeah. come. Mm-hmm. I mean, Thomas has got a huge advantage. So basically they were moved, like, and the group with with. Geraint, where Danny Martinez was riding, the only rider in there that ended up benefiting from that was Nairo Quintana because he overtook Adam Yates. Yeah. Otherwise, so it was, uh, it was a baffler. But then, Nairo. but then, Nairo. but then, as you said, was it not about? Was it that just consolidating? Just kind of consolidating third place. And Vlasov. Yeah, yeah and Vlasov. And just Vlasov. in case, yeah, just to take a minute or two yeah, back yeah. on Vlasov because you don't because he's, he's had such a terrible. Yeah, because he's had such a terrible first two weeks. He, there's always the fear that they do a Carapaz, which is what Carapaz did last year, where he just fired up the final week. Yeah. And mm. just went I'm berserker. I'm not sure Vlasov is quite that rider. No. But, but before yeah. the race got underway, Vlasov was one of mm. the favourites, you know, for at least a podium. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, I mean. So maybe that well, was it. Maybe we're still waiting for Matt Rendell's Scouse Nairo impression, aren't we? Yeah. And yeah. if Matt's listening to the pod, I'm going to say he's got about two days until I do it. I've got my scouse oh, jeans, haven't scouse I? Oh, so. Nairo, that would be I good. That, I think Reynolds got to yeah, do Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm putting the pressure on. Because oh, it's see. his thing. Yeah. yeah. you got scouse Steve. You've got scouse Steve. Yeah, but he is, yeah. the problem with that is he is actually scouse. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's why it's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so then they yeah, they all went down the descent to finish. And Wout Van Aert did a little lead out, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The only time, yeah, for, oh yeah, did, yeah. Uh, for Vingegaard. Yeah. And Vingegaard mm. beat Pogacar in yeah. the old sprint there, didn't he? Mm. First yes. time he's done that? Yeah. 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 Beating him over well, the line yeah. in the I'd probably say ever, but in terms of this yeah, Tour de France, probably. absolutely. So we've all reached the conclusion the Tour de France is over, haven't we? I hope not. No, I hope not. I still think he's... The problem... Uh, it's two know. minutes and 22 seconds, that's not it's nothing. Basically, Vingegaard needs a puncture or something, and... Uh, Pogacar just has to go I'm attacking anyway Are you, something's happened I'm going and just yeah, would he do that Frickin he can't can you would he do that is that in his nature I don't know don't know we don't know it's a, long, it's a long career ahead if he does that yeah it's true that never gets forgotten no no yeah anyone yeah, anyway. uh, anyone want to do any commercial activity oh uh, just my code uh, for chapter3.com car 2022 and you will get 20% off all full price items on chat3.com and Pete's been wearing our stuff and our aero jersey's going down really well so it's good and it's yeah 
So go and yeah. check it out. Me and Ned have actually been you wearing have, the over-the-top, uh, yeah. not uh, lightweight shorts, not always with... Well, Ned's still got a chamois on, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but he did ride yeah. in this morning. But that... that <laughs> have you... Is, yeah, you're yeah, both you've wearing the shorts now, the tech shorts. From this morning. Just kept the chamois yeah. on. I just couldn't be bothered to change. Yeah, I, I was like that. I on, couldn't like, be bothered yeah, to change. It gets and also, like that, don't why... It? Like, the what's the... So difference. Chamois are really comfortable sitting... On, your chamois are great, David. That sitting on the saddle. Brilliant. Yeah. Why would it be any different sitting on a commentary chair? I don't know. Keep I it going. think, I mean, I, it, it wasn't in the design brief, <laughs> yeah. but evidently <laughs> it works. I actually looked at David the other day. I might day wear a chamois said, all the time. Mm. Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Does oh, it? yeah, that's what you said. Yeah. I, I looked at David and said, I've worn these, sh- and this is not a commercial like <laughs> plug by any means. It's just quite funny. I looked at David uh, then two nights ago and I said, Thank God you bought these shorts because I've worn them every day and. What else would I have worn? <laughs> but I got <laughs> after being in Maidstone for two years in controlled temperatures, I never even really thought about how hot it could be. Yeah, it's so I didn't pack hot. anything that was like really lightweight or comfortable. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, quickly flipping on to my plug if that's right. You were spent right? all yesterday Absolutely. coaching. You were oh, all afternoon. Yeah, well, this is the other thing yeah. with the race, isn't it? It's um, so we all have, you know day job so to speak and it's really difficult actually on yep. the Tour de France to fit it all in mentally more bandwidth it's bandwidth mm. it's not necessarily time but bandwidth it's just yeah because it's the the couple of hours you get to switch off and I think it's quite mentally demanding the job isn't it mm. it's not physically demanding unless you ride to the start of every stage like no, you but, do now. but that I mean it was physically pleasing but it was mentally just wonderful to be out you know two That's hours on my own on the today. flip side of it yeah mm. you can't be answering emails you can't do anything else you're just riding mm. it was great but sorry carry on so yeah on the rest day where we do the rest day show and then got to the hotel had probably two hours of coaching and a lot of my clients are really understanding with my position I'm in at yeah. the minute um, and I'm really looking forward to getting home and you know having that structure back within my lifestyle that I can really dedicate all my time to my clients um, so with that if you want to sign up to surpass and be coached by me um, you can get 10% off coaching just email contact at surpass s-u-p-a-s-s dot c-c and reference the podcast to claim and yeah We're a small business, we're a sibling-run business. Me, my sister Emma, and my brother Tim, who is a coach at Bahrain Victorious. And yeah, we're just starting off and we'd love to have you on board and any support is more than welcome. So, thank you. And that you'd be coached by a celebrity because that's Mm. literally what you are these days, Pete. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I beg you, editing this. I completely (laughs) forgot as well. I completely forgot to do the midpoint pause where they put the adverts in. But I'll find find somewhere. Don't worry. I think you know where it is. This is never Stray's car, isn't it? Because Ned, are you just straight far? (laughs) Straight far in a car. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, it's, um, that's what makes it so great, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is. It is. Keep listening. We're very grateful. See you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.